0: you. Yeah. We open outside Nibirius's house in Hell, and when we pass through into the main room, we see the door that Nibirius and Alistair had gone through closed, and we see Silk and Theodora sitting at the chessboard. Theodora moves a piece of Silk and looks up at you and goes, so do you think he's actually going to get any answers this time? Well, I
1: think they had their own deal running, so I think they'll get answers, maybe not the ones that he was hoping for.
0: How closely related are demons and fey anyways?
1: Oh, our evolutions are a bit intertwined, but we're separate enough.
0: I feel like I can never get a straight answer out of you on anything. What fun would that be? She moves another piece and goes, check. Nibirius was playing quite poorly, I would like to remind you. (laughs) Yes, I remember that.
1: Uh, Oh, dear friend Nibby, just terrible at chess. How'd you talk him into playing this game?
0: I smiled and I said, please.
1: He must be desperate. So, out of curiosity, what sorts of deals have you dealt in today?
0: Rule to figure someone out.
1: Yay, let's play a game. That I'm not good at.
0: All right. Ooh, eight. So on a hit, hold two. And on a seven to nine, they hold one on you as well. And you can spend that hold one for one to ask questions. Cool.
1: Uh, I think that the obvious one is, what is your character hoping to gain from Niberius' favor?
0: Theodora. Leans back in the chair and kind of stretches her neck a little bit, thinking about what she wants to tell you. Well, I don't suppose telling you is too much of an issue.
1: Well, I'm very good at keeping secrets.
0: Oh, only if you get are getting paid, but that's beyond the point. Well,
1: sometimes the secrets are payment enough.
0: There's a fight going on, or about to be going on, for the heart of St. Fleur, and... I intend to have the Lockwood Coven, as it happens to be called currently, win that fight. Oh, were you looking to rename it? Well, some annoying little cousin of mine seems to think that it's his. But I don't care if he gets the name, because I'm going to take all of the people somewhere else once we win the fight.
1: Are we thinking the Gate Tree Coven? The... Door branch family?
0: It's your move, Silk. You're stalling.
1: Silk will play something. And, well, so you're thinking of making a a power play in the city then. And I would like to ask my second question. How could I put your character in my
2: debt?
0: Yes, I am. And I am currently looking for allies. You know, people who aren't so sentimental about it that they feel like the whole Thing needs restructured but also realize that there's an issue with the current management so to speak so if you can find her people to work with who you know are along the lines of hey the current setup for flourish watch really fucking sucks but also that's a lot of power and I don't want to get rid of that amount of power so let's just take over it she's for that
1: Lovely. Well, I will keep an eye out for individuals of a like mind.
2: Oh, well, look at that. Check.
0: She looks down at the board, kind of doing some math. You can see
1: the meme of, like, numbers going through her head.
0: Looking kind of just dreadfully bored with the game anyways, and then reaches out and tips her. King over. Look at that. Looks like I won. Oh, yes, Silk, you won. But since I answered your questions, I have one for you, too. Of course. What are you hoping to gain from your meddling in St. Fleur, anyways? It's been, what, 20 years now, and you've made very little headway. Hiding in the background, that doesn't quite seem your overall style. I want to know what you're up to.
1: Well, working in the shadows allows me a certain freedom. Let's just say that I might want a place of my own away from my, uh, at least the bulk of my kind.
0: Are you following Midnight Rose's lead?
1: Mm -hmm. A little, though, where she decided to run away. I am planning on doing a little bit more stand my ground.
0: Well, then maybe you're just one such ally. We should talk more.
1: Oh, we do a lot of talking and a lot more.
0: And I think as we get that final statement from Silk, we pan over to the room that Alistair has been brought into by Nibirius, which is like a, it's like an office with filing cabinets and stuff like that but as he starts rummaging through his cabinets looking for something alistair you notice that like his files are like souls that he has collected basically some of them are very loud and very screamy and he just is trying to find something to show you as
3: he's looking through that stuff, can I run my finger over my ring and use my fourth sight spell with my last channeling that I've got?
0: Can you remind me exactly, I know I was the one who wrote it, but what that spell does for you? It says, spend one hold to
3: have a short vision about the upcoming scene and take plus one forward when acting on it.
0: So we get that misty overlay that happens when Alistair uses the ring for his visions and to Alistair's surprise the whole thing seems to go fairly cordially he can see that Nibirius is able to find something that is like another four cabinets down he can't quite see what it is that Nibirius shows him in the vision and he sees that there's some discussion that takes place there And then the vision fades.
3: Excuse me, Neberius. I believe it's a couple cabinets down what you're looking for.
0: He raises an eyebrow, but doesn't say anything as he moves down to that cabinet, opening it up and pulling out a folder that has the Lockwood family crest on the outside of it and goes, oh yes, indeed it is.
3: So how exactly does this work? I'm assuming you're not giving me this information out of the goodness of your own heart.
0: You did something for me, didn't you? You helped get your lovely little cousin here, and she makes so many brash, terrible decisions. So I'm merely paying up my side of the bargain.
3: Indeed she does. It's a welcome rarity to have somebody actually... Hold up their end of their bargain.
0: I'm not a fan of being in debt, especially to, well, humans. And as he says that, he opens the folder, and it's almost like something's being projected out of the folder of a scene. It would be like holographic, but you're in hell, so it's more like magical holographic projection than anything.
4: Holographic,
1: hey. It was too good not to do.
0: He kind of runs his finger through it a couple of times. And you see a couple of different, like, scenes from your early childhood with your parents. How's that making you feel, evidently, that this he has, like, a whole history of your family going on here? Not
3: great. Alistair's definitely taking note of it. But he's very single-minded right now. He wants answers about their murder. And then he's going to ask about how he's gotten this information. Like, he's filing it away for later, for sure.
0: Nice. Ah, yes, here we are. The uh, night that your lovely parents unfortunately met a rather tragic end. And we get a kind of like... I'm going to just describe this as a scene. And then you can do what you may with the information. Okay but we get a scene of your parents driving in point claire up towards to the church and there is a flash of what at a glance looks like a werewolf in front of the car and your dad overcorrects and the car goes spinning and crashing into a tree trunk and then what You see is that there are three people who approach the vehicle. One of those people is wearing the robes and mask that you have come to associate with Tlaurus Watch. One of those people is somebody who you haven't met. Of course. Why would I have written down what he looks like? That would have just made sense. (laughs) Landon to enter description of a certain NPC here. (laughs) If memory serves me right, he's tall, kind of lanky, wears a like bowler cap and is just kind of an asshole.
3: Can I put a name to this face?
0: Yes, I will let you do that here in a minute. And then the last person is, you've met anna rosenberg at this point right i believe so i'm pretty sure you have somebody who looks like her but most assuredly is older and you see the asshole-ish looking man say something to the other two who are there with him and you see the person who looks like they're related to anna and the wizard from the fleur's watch begin to cast some sort of spell and the car just gets totally flipped it's like they took the wreck even further and there's like intentional damage being done to make it look like a werewolf attack and your parents like this all happened very quickly before your parents were able to recover from the initial impact into the tree and that's where like the vision ends is your parents car going upside down and sliding off of the cliff edge that's before the beach to the coast now if you'd like to roll to put a face to a name to that person go ahead and roll with mortality please
3: oh mortality that's unfortunate that took me from a plus two to a minus two when i thought it was going to be power that's a six
0: on a miss, you don't know them or you owe them. The MC will tell you which. This is Eric Zarn, the leader of the Arcane Network. You've dealt with him before when you needed some certain components to deal with the whole demon portal thing. And still owe him a little bit from that interaction.
3: That motherfucker. I seem to have some investigation that needs doing.
0: Tiberius snaps the file closed and goes to put it back into his little filing cabinet. And as he's putting it back, he says, We had heard that a car seat had been found in the accident, which is why the assumption had been that, well, there's a bit more than just a car seat involved in that. The assumption had been that it was you.
3: I'm, as a player, confused by that. What is being implied there?
0: There was some sort of net body or something in the car seat. You were, like, a toddler and still would have been in, like, a booster seat at the time. This
3: plot gets even more interesting. And by interesting, I mean, fucked up and terrible and I hate it.
0: Oh, that's all of St. Fleur.
3: Yes, it's so wonder that I've stuck around this, well, I'd call it a hellhole, but that feels a bit too uh, insensitive <laughs> given current circumstances.
0: i like to think that my place is rather decent.
3: Yes, I appreciate the aesthetic you have going.
0: And he gestures back to the door behind you and, well, I'm not going to stop you from going about your day. Seeing if Silk can somehow get you back out of here, I can always help both of you get out if needed. And if Mm. you ever find yourself in need of assistance again, I'm always more than willing to chat with you.
3: I will keep that in mind. And Alistair turns on his heels to walk out of the room.
0: When you walk back out, Silk and Theodora have just finished their chat over the chessboard. Theodora's king has been knocked over.
1: We have a next discussion,
3: uh, uh, Well, it was productive, to say the least. Theodora, it seems you and I will continue to be wrapped in together for at least the foreseeable future.
0: We do share blood, cousin.
3: Yes, if only there was some way to fix that. Regardless, uh, out of character, what do I, or what does Alistair know about the relation between Theodora and Fleur's watch? They want her dead, right? Or at least out of the way?
0: Yes, there is a lot of contention going on there. Theodora declared pretty early on that she intends to take it over to you. And you've been told by them that she's a problem for them?
3: Yeah, I think I'm just going to ask her straight up. What do you know of the Fleur's Watch?
0: Well, I know that their dearly beloved leader has unfortunately passed. And so the game is beginning in earnest for uh, who the next leader will be. And who might that leader have been? I don't know. His death was advertised in the newspapers. Died at the gala last night. Somebody stabbed him. All that matters is that there is a uh, power vacuum now.
3: Interesting am I to assume that you're interested in taking this over.
0: I told you as much, like a week ago. you asking me pointless questions now. It's a waste of everybody's time.
3: I have had a hell of a week. It included a getting shot. I think I broke some bones somewhere along the way. I've got a lot going on, Theodora.
0: Oh, that reminds me. Silk, you still owe me a rug.
1: Yes, I was actually planning on stopping by the bazaar on the way out. Do you prefer your rug's flaming or sulfury?
0: I mean, it was a really nice plush rug. So let's go with flaming. All oh, right.
1: Excuse the fuck out of me
3: for needing a refresher every so often. There's a lot of plot threads going on. Every time I turn around, there's somebody wanting to kill me.
0: Well, is there anything else that I can refresh for you?
3: No, I think that's it. I have a lot of investigations to go get taken care of. And, oh, I can't even remember the last time I slept.
0: All right. I suppose I will see all of you back in St. Fleur. I still have another, you know, I'm waiting for the... Ink to dry on the
3: contract. Yes, have fun with that. I'll get in touch with you shortly. We may have business to attend to together.
1: Come, silk. Let's go. Of course, um, Theodora. Uh, just a minor suggestion. Do not take up Niberius um, when he asks to play Uno. He is a demon at that game.
0: No, that I'm more of a Phase Ten girl myself, anyways. and i'm assuming silk knows some way to get out of hell
1: yeah stopping through the bazaar and going to where my door was supposed to go do you need to really let it out for that
0: no i I will give you getting back
1: okay then let's just head home i guess uh fade to black while we go shopping
0: i think we get like a couple of shots of silk picking out the rug
1: Silk is going to go and ask you for advice between, like, weird-ass rugs. Right, this one has purple flames, but a nice blue fringe. Or perhaps the the purple flames with the orange fringe. Mm Mm-hmm. Alistair's purposefully giving Silk
3: advice that he knows Theodora would hate.
0: (laughs) Silk, do you take Alistair's advice, or how much do you trust Alistair?
1: I think that at this point, Silk is just mostly talking to himself in Alistair's general direction because I think he has a better fashion sense than Alistair does and is very proud of that.
0: All right. So the two of you make it back to Silk's apartment in St. Fleur. Alistair, when you get back, your phone immediately buzzes with a couple of text messages. They're from Julian letting you know that the country club membership will be ready tomorrow and he'll stop by your house later in the morning or at a time that's convenient for you, in parentheses after that.
1: Uh, so was Alistair alone for the first time in a day?
0: Yep, for whatever reason, the uh, guard puppy has been called off.
3: Interesting. As he swipes away those messages, what time is it in St. Fleur right now?
0: It's like 11.30 p.m.
3: Okay, so it's not like unreasonable to send a text to Jeremiah. I'm going to shoot one off to him and say, just straight up, what can you tell me about Eric Zarn? And then I guess Alistair's making his way back home.
1: Silk will offer to have you stay if you didn't want to head home. It's- 1130
3: at night. Mm. Alistair takes a minute to weigh his options, and yes, that's probably easier. Do you have a guest room?
1: Yes, it's past the signpost. There's going to be scary-looking Cave the Lion in it. I suggest you stay away from there. Um, The heater's in there, and then the path down the way should lead you to the guest room.
3: Alistair just pulls out his gun and says, All right, I think I can find it. And makes his way in the direction described.
0: All right, and for the first time in a while, everybody gets the opportunity to sleep.
2: Alex, are are you actually sleeping tonight?
4: Not if I have an option, Alex. Doesn't do that if he has an option.
0: When did you last sleep?
4: It has been at least since last year, because when we started on New Year's, we mentioned that he hadn't slept in a couple of days, and I don't think he has since.
0: Cool. Can I have you roll to keep your cool to uh, yeah. see if you actually manage to stay awake?
4: You absolutely can, because I do want to avoid having to go to sleep. No, that's a five. <laughs>
0: So we also get a shot of Alex, I imagine, was like sitting at his desk working on one of his books Mm. where he draws all his little pictures, illuminating, whatever it's called. And just like his head nods a couple of times and then he just kind of slumps forward on the desk.
4: Yeah, just straight up passes out.
0: Jeremiah's already asleep. Victor. Did you end up going home? Yeah, you went home with the laptop and stuff. Are you actually going to bed tonight?
5: Yeah, I think there's a bit of like going through the computer and the files at his desk until like three in the morning and then going to sleep.
0: So we get a couple of shots of that and Mm -hmm. peace actually seems to fall over St. Fleur for once. And then it is the next morning let's start actually with jeremiah hello hello you wake up Dinah's still in bed with you if she hasn't disappeared this time i don't know what time it is you can decide what time it is
6: it's probably a lot later than jeremiah usually wakes up at
0: so it's like 9 a.m
6: <laughs> yeah 9 a.m 9 30 so pretty late for jeremiah
0: When you grab your phone, you see you have a text message from Alistair that was sent very late last night asking what you could tell him about Zarn.
6: I don't feel like telling him right now. I have more important (laughs) things to worry about, like breakfast. What is Jeremiah making for him and Dinah?
2: Breakfast is very important. So Jeremiah's just
6: going to quietly out of bed doing his best not to disturb dinah and go get breakfast ready
0: oh that's nice
6: he's got some research to do and some phone calls to make later in the day
0: not long after you can hear dinah um like up and moving but she goes to like take a shower and stuff first before coming out to join you for whatever you're making for breakfast
6: I think this is the best I've ever slept in. Uh, At least a week, maybe two weeks at this point. Mm. Coffee's ready. I've got a mug set up for you.
0: She uh, pours herself a mug of coffee while looking over your apartment and is like, we should probably clean up at some point today. It still looks like you got robbed.
6: Yes. I have to get on that. We've got the true name for the demon that let those people in. You feeling brave enough to call them back and find out where our stuff got stashed.
0: Oh, did Victor give you Quinn's true name?
6: I think he left the shotgun shell.
2: I did. Oh, okay. That's
6: before
5: I decided to uh, have Quinn be a friend.
0: <laughs> Dinah shrugs and goes, I mean, it's worth a shot. Do you have any idea how we're supposed to uh, summon them here?
6: My first thought was just to yell it up a mirror, see what happens. <laughs> Second thought was to try the creepy door.
0: Ooh, let's not do the creepy door. Yeah. I'm having a good day, let's not ruin it.
6: Fair. Anyway, if we can find out where all the stuff face all is stashed, that's extra leverage to get people on our side.
0: Mm, that is true. Well, I guess we can try your mirror approach.
6: Well, here's your pancakes. I'm going to go take a shower. And get ready to yell at my mirror.
0: Victor, what are you getting up to this morning as you wake up and roll out of bed?
5: Victor is going to put on some clothes that have been washed because he's got an apartment. Oh, actually, you know what, though? We get a cut of the door closing as he's like got a bag of laundry on his shoulder and he's going down to the laundromat to nice. go do his laundry.
0: tracks. I mean, it's a shitting apartment. It probably yeah. doesn't have a new unit.
5: <laughs> absolutely not. He's just browsing the computer with a Starbucks sitting in a uh, laundromat that's like a block away from his apartment. Like to get a fancy coffee drink? Is he a Frappuccino kind of wolf? No. He needs that espresso shot. That's absolutely <laughs> sure. No, I think he goes uh, real simple, just like, I don't drink coffee, so I don't really know.
0: He do like an americano, he could just do some straight coffee. He could do just like a latte, which is just like hot milk and espresso. Yeah.
5: Yeah, um, latte sounds good. Okay. And it sounds fancy. Yeah. So he's drinking a latte and doing some research. Uh, just trying to figure out what he can do to fuck with sexy. Mm-hmm. He is currently wearing like his workout clothes. so He's got like a sweater not a sweater, a sweatshirt and like a pair of sweatpants on and a pair of shoes he doesn't normally wear.
0: Nice. Can I get a mind roll?
5: Sure. Oh, to uh, figure someone out?
0: I don't know if you're directly. I don't really like the questions on figure someone out. Mm, sure. kind of to figure out how much progress you're making. Welcome to St. Fleur, where the MC just hacks moves on the fly.
5: Yeah, you got it. That's a two or a five. Either way, it's a miss.
0: Before you can even really get going, like you just put your clothes in the washer, your cell phone starts ringing.
5: Go for Victor.
0: Oh, Victor, 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 Victor. Did you rough up my bartender?
5: Good morning, Finn.
0: Uh, Ah, isn't morning, it's... uh, What did you want? And why is another one of mine dead in your territory? Are you trying to start a war? Where's Troy? Dead. Yeah. As I am sure you know at this point. But he Mm -hmm. was one of mine. I am entitled to kill my own.
5: Lives on my territory.
0: And I didn't kill him on your territory. I took him to another location, and then I killed him.
5: Right, because that's really the problem.
0: It is much politer than what you did.
5: I'm pretty sure I'm allowed to kill people on my territory.
0: You come into my club and you rough up my bartender who is just trying to do his job. What did you want from me?
5: Fen, stay the fuck out of five points and we won't have any more problems.
0: We're all to persuade an NPC.
5: I got a four. That's another miss.
0: See, here's the thing, Victor. I would have been willing to have that conversation with you. And then you sent some annoying little brat to spy on me. And I'm just, mm, that's just such bad sportsmanship. So, unless you don't want your new friend to die, and let me tell you, they do scream ever so lovely. I don't know, get here in 30 minutes. And the phone hangs up. I
5: look at the amount of time my clothes are going to take.
0: Much longer than that.
5: (laughs) Uh, He's just going to put a label on it. It says, victors do not steal.
6: (laughs) Nice. I'm sure it'll work wonders.
5: Uh, Do not steal. I have a metaphysical bond with this neighborhood that makes me its ruler. It might work.
0: Might work. I mean,
1: I
4: guess it depends on what your, your neighborhood bonuses are, right? Yeah. People like me, I'm yeah,
5: sort you're of trusted or, uh, by the neighborhood, yeah. right, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. You're supported. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, I guess I just get into my car wearing my slightly frumpy, again hoodie and sweatpants, and drive over.
0: All right.
5: I go back up to my apartment, put on my jacket, and get a shotgun and my pistol, which I hide in my boot. Oh, I'm not. Yeah, I'll put my boots on. Do we want to uh, stay with me or bounce to somebody else? I
0: hey, think we are going to bounce over to Alex. Hey, how's yes, Good, Alex. You wake up.
2: Oh, I need
4: to check the time. How long have I been out?
0: I don't know. You went to the church pretty late. You've probably been out for six or so hours. It's like 10 o'clock ish.
4: I think he kind of like rubs his eye and then gets up because. Today is a pretty important day. I've got a couple of meetings, notably with Alistair and then with Rosalie Mercier. And then hypothetically with Dari Albrecht.
0: As you stand up, you notice that uh, your writing hand hurts. Like, I don't know these are right-handed or left-handed, but whatever hand he uses to like write and draw and stuff is the hand that's hurting.
2: Yeah,
4: it's it's been a couple hundred years. I assume he's taught himself to do both at this point.
0: That's fair. That does seem like something Alex would do.
4: Yeah. So predominantly probably right. Kind of looks down at that. And then last time, I think I found a letter. So.
0: Yeah, this time you notice that one of your fountain pens that hasn't been inked is sitting on your desk uncapped. And when you look at your hand in the palm, somebody scratched in murderer. Not your handwriting.
4: I'm just going to put a glove on today. I'm just going to, I'm going to wear gloves today. I'm going to (laughs) be fancy. I know this kind of ink doesn't want to come out, so probably have to stick this in something, and I don't think I have that sort of time.
0: Yeah, it's also been scratched into your hand with the fountain pen as part of the process.
4: Do I need to take a wound for this?
0: I would like you to take a wound for this.
4: Okay, I will take a wound for this. I'm fine with taking wounds. I'm just going to put that... Uh, murderer murder in quotation marks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Boom, murderer. Kill <Q1>, one, take one.
0: <laughs> no big deal.
4: So at that point, Alex is going to head over towards Alistair's house because Alistair is, I think, his first stop for the day.
0: All right. Then let's go see what Silk is up to as Alex heads to Alistair's place.
1: So wait, Alex is heading to Alistair? Yes. Yes. Because I think I would actually try to attend that meeting as well, because I might have an idea of how to get that debt on Theodora. She's looking for people that might not like the current power structure.
0: Did you know that Alistair and Alex were meeting this morning?
1: Yeah, that that is the question. I guess that depends on if Alistair was going to tell me why he or where he was going after uh, he leaves. True. So I guess I could just send a text to Alex and go.
0: I did kind of forget Alistair was at your place because Alistair seems like the asshole who would have been like, no, I'm going to go home. All right. Alistair and Silk, you wake up. Alistair, you have a meeting with Alex at your house this morning.
3: Yes. I also have in my notes that I have plans to help Cassius interrogate a vampire.
0: Yes, you are supposed to do that today, and you're supposed to stop by the country club at some point to uh, pick up your membership. You've got a busy day. According
3: to my little Alistair Day planner, it says, help Cassius interrogate a vampire early, help Alex separate brain friends later on, get country club membership through Finn. So... That's his plan for the day. I don't
4: know if that order will stay intact.
0: Alex, did you send a text to Alistair or anything saying you were on the way?
4: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because when we initially made this plan, Alex didn't set a time of day, just can you help me in like two days? So that morning is when he's sending that message. And it's basically, I'm on my way. Did I get a phone number
3: or anything from Cassius on how I can reach them.
0: He gave you a a business card, a very fancy business card, if memory serves me right.
3: Then I think Alistair will first text Cassius saying, something came up, I'll get to you shortly. Send a text to Alex saying, I'll be there shortly. Spend the night at Silks gonna find my way past the
4: lying cave to the front door (laughs) i think alex will send back a a text uh, after spent the night at silks that just says congratulations (laughs) alistair sends one that just says
3: no and Uh then (laughs) check his text message thread with jeremiah did you leave alistair on red jeremiah or did you do the thing where you like pull down the preview so it doesn't show that it got open.
6: Oh, you've been read.
3: Alistair literally just copies the text, pastes it into the field, and sends it again before leaving
2: Silk's nice. place. Jeremiah will read it.
6: It'll leave you on red.
0: <laughs> All right, Silk, Alistair is about to leave your apartment.
1: Yeah, I, I think I'll be uh, meeting him uh, near the front entrance and like- Oh, you're leaving already without saying goodbye. I didn't want to
3: wake you, and our dear friend Alex needs some help, so I figured I'd just slip on out and get in touch with you later.
1: Oh, are you going to meet with Alex? Do you mind if I tag along, then? I have some business to discuss with him as well, actually. I think Alistair
3: might be trying to, uh... Figure Silk out to see, like,
0: what he is planning. Cool. That's totally a thing you can do. Roll to figure someone out.
3: So I got a
0: seven. Yeah, you get to hold two, and then
3: Silk gets to hold one. So I think the first thing is Alistair's going to say, what business is it that you have with our dear friend, if I may be so forward?
1: Well, uh, actually, I'm going to go see if he might be amendable to having a discussion with Theodora. It seems that she is looking for allies in her quest, and I believe Alex might be interested in the target of her, well, not quite wrath, but her machinations. And what is it that you hope to
3: gain from helping her out? favor, of course. Yes, that seems to be the currency of the day. Well, it's the currency for many of my kind. This, uh... Well, all seems to be wrapping together quite conveniently, so... I'd rather you have that conversation with him in front of me, so...
1: Yes, come along. Lovely. Well, while we're on the subject... How amendable are you exactly to toppling the, um, power structure of, of Saint Fleur? And this might be my question. If I could find a way to phrase one of these questions to work. Uh, how could I get your character to do something? Is that one of the questions? Yes. Yeah. So how could I get your character to join the coup that might be happening?
3: That really depends on which power structure you're looking to
2: topple. Well, if I have my way, all of them. Ooh. But that's neither here nor there. Yes, those in
3: in power here seem to be uh, not entirely on the straight and narrow. It's probable that at least parts of it could be brought down with my help. So basically, my response to that is, if you make it, so that it would benefit Alistair in some way, he would go along with it fairly easily.
2: If I topple it, Alistair will come. Yeah. That works for me. So who's driving?
3: I will need my car later in the day. So it's easier if I take it. Come on, Dissler. then. Let us away.
0: Silk, so environmentally conscious, always carpooling. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's circle back around to Jeremiah. You and Dinah have had a relatively calm morning. Breakfast has been eaten, coffee has been drank.
6: After Jeremiah's gotten himself ready for the day, I guess it's time to yell at a mirror and summon Quinn.
0: Let's see how that goes.
6: He's going to take, like, his full-length mirror out of his office and put it in the middle of the living room and secure some doors just in case, you know, something bad happens. Oh, right, and gun. Guns are going to be within easy-reaching
2: distance.
0: Nice. Nice. Cool. So, are you just yelling yelling their name at the mirror?
6: I have their true name.
0: Yes, you do.
6: So I'm just going to speak it.
0: Okay. Can you please roll to let it out?
2: Uh Uh-oh. That's a four.
0: One, I need you to still go ahead and mark the corruption for doing this. Yep. You speak the name, and the mirror ripples a little bit. Like, its structure is changing. And it turns dark. And for a minute, you think nothing happened. Damn, how do you pronounce And then you see someone. Have you met Finn yet? No. I feel like you haven't.
2: I have not.
0: There are very extravagantly dressed asian person in their mid 40s very very pretty very sharp face has like the whole dramatic cloak thing going on they're they're perfect and you see them kind of like cock their head as like this vision of them comes into place on the mirror and then they go, oh, well, that's rude. No spying. And like, f- seem to flick whatever was appearing on there, and the mirror in front of you shatters. Huh.
6: I wasn't expecting that.
0: Was Dinah in the room with you when this was all going down?
6: I would assume so.
0: She drinks her coffee a little bit and then sets it down. It wasn't a vampire that robbed you, was it? That would be weird. Was that a vampire?
6: I don't think I've met them before.
0: I guess, I mean, you haven't really. You've only been here for five years, and vampires are very particular about who they work with. Yeah, that was Finn. Mostly, they uh, use uh, Bebin for their contact within the network.
6: Hmm. So, why would Premier Point me is wait Finn isn't behind this, is he? Or is the mirror just like distracting me?
0: I can't really answer that. It doesn't seem like something they would do. They're much more the uh, conniving everybody should worship me type. At least for my limited interactions with them. They own a club at downtown.
6: Hmm. Going there seems like a terrible idea. Especially given but apparently our mirrors got crossed. i going to be honest, I don't really know what I'm supposed to do with this information. Can i just ignore it. That seems wise. And now I'm down a perfectly good mirror.
0: Sounds like a furniture shopping deck.
6: All right, let's scratch off calling Quinn.
2: That didn't seem to go very
6: well. Got a symbol of the gang we let in. Let's see if it's mentioned in any of the diaries I collect.
2: see if it's come across.
6: Jeremiah's going to pop into his study to research, and I guess this would be a cult object, whatever symbol these people were wearing. Yeah,
0: you did get the symbol of the thieves, didn't you? I did. Okay, yep. Yeah, go ahead and roll your researching move. Jeremiah actually getting to do scholarly things for a bit. It's been a while. fucking hell.
6: So that's a six. So, when you retreat to your private collection to research an occult occurrence, object, or individual, roll with mine. And on a miss, you discover something terrible in your research that spells doom for you, your friends, or the city itself.
0: Jeremiah, you're going through some old files of yours. Some, you know, things you've collected here and there. And you find an old picture of the Nisanyu and your father, when you all were still on friendly terms, and you noticed on her sleeve that symbol. Uh-oh.
6: Dinah, we, uh, we may have a really big problem.
0: Was the door to your office open?
6: Yeah, he left it open.
0: She has just been, like, sitting in the kitchen doing some of her own work on her laptop but hearing you yell comes and like walks into your office and sits down in one of the chairs that I assume you have because I assume there's more than just your chair in the office
6: oh yeah unless you hate someone then he'll hide the for chairs
0: that's fair and what problem is that?
6: he'll hand her the photograph alright so the two people in there well my father And a relative newcomer to the Toronto scene is Anyer Ezra Madem. The bad part is, we arranged a very bad car accident. She was in hospital for months recovering, and we robbed her blind. Then she went off and killed, as far as I know, my entire family saved me. I ran here. And assume she hasn't forgotten. She seems to be the type to not let that thing slide. And if you notice, symbol here, and just the symbol of the people who came and robbed me.
0: Yeah, I think I'm seeing the problem. This isn't good. That's going to make your coup a little more interesting.
6: Jeremiah's gonna go to his safe, open it up, and take a look at his genie.
2: It is still there.
6: Is the bottle still secure?
2: Yep. He'll put it back in his safe. My bug-out bag's ready. Grab some clothes. Grab the genie. Burn the apartment down. Go to ground. Be awkward. Wait, are you planning on, like, leaving St. Fleur? Not yet. Things aren't bad. Don't really
6: want to have to kill someone else and steal their identity again.
0: She surprisingly just, like, doesn't react to that at all.
2: But
6: if she's found me, things are gonna get very bad. I'm talking, like, how much do you know about immunology
2: and hell and all that fun stuff?
0: Yeah. A decent amount. I've started working my way through the book from Silk when you're not looking.
6: Alright. And you're familiar with the the stuff that kind of lurks below. That doesn't like interacting with humans all that much. (laughs) Part of her revenge, Nisanure, struck a deal with I don't know, like a demonic lawyer, and they reach down and grab something. doesn't really have a name. I call it the vivisectionist. If she's here, that means whatever fuck the lawyer is probably following her, which means I think it went back. It couldn't sustain itself. our reality for very long mostly because it ran out of parts but if she's here it's here and i may need to go into hiding to take care of things
2: all right so
0: who do we call to burn the apartment down
6: oh i have a firebomb ready
0: all right i mean you already have keys to my place and It's not like our relationship is well-known, so even if they know that it's you, they won't necessarily know that that's where you would go.
6: I don't really want to torch all my stuff, though. All right, here's a plan. Probably finagle something with the door. Move my stuff into a pocket dimension for later retrieval. Burn the apartment down. Door goes free. Maybe eats a couple people. Who knows? I have to remember to grab that mage who help me trap it the first time again if he's still alive. Jeremiah's going to start wandering out of his apartment keeping himself calm and getting things ready for him to uh, go to ground.
0: Alright, I think that is a good place to end that scene with Jeremiah. Victor, you pull up to Finn's place again.
5: Oh. Uh, I park my car. Inhale deeply through the nose. Exhale deeply through the mouth. Pick up my duffel bag that's got a shotgun and a baseball bat in it and head in.
0: The door is unlocked, of course, when you arrive. You're expected. And the place is very empty. It's early in the morning. The Jonathan is working the bar again.
5: I just like do the head back hey and just walk by him and head to the back
0: it's a title now (laughs) jonathan rolls his eyes but as you head further back in a familiar looking vampire who has been hanging out with alistair is waiting for you fenn's office is up these stairs can i check your bag i mean i know you're going to say no but i have to ask Yeah, sure. Do you just unzip it? Like, how does that go?
5: Yeah, I unzip my bag. It's got a shotgun and a baseball bat in it. And, like, small box of Tide Pods.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's not helpful. Are either of these consecrated?
5: No, as far as I know.
0: Cool. Zip the bag back up. Put it on your back. I mean, they didn't tell me to take anything, so... Just wanted to know what you're walking in with.
5: Yep. I slide it back on my back.
0: Julian gestures for you to go up the stairs to Finn's office.
5: I head upstairs.
0: And he follows you up. Not like closely. Sure. He's not being super annoying, but he's like not hiding that he's following you either. Finn's office has like a whole wall of glass that overlooks the club. It is. Lavish, no other way to put it. His desk is on end with a bunch of bookshelves behind it. On one of the bookshelves sits an oddly glowing urn right now. And Finn is not sitting in the chair for the desk. They're sitting on the desk, legs crossed, like leaning back and just walking you come up the stairs and, Victor, we finally meet in person.
5: I thought you didn't meet people during the day.
0: I don't normally.
5: Oh, I'll take it as a compliment then.
0: Oh, you should. That means that I find you interesting and worth my very, very little personal time.
5: Apologies. I didn't dress up. I was doing laundry.
0: A fin tilts their head, mentally dressing you in something else. And then, uh, yeah, it is a shame. So you wanted a meeting.
5: We don't need to be on opposite sides of this. I don't need more enemies. I'm okay. If you just stay at Five Points, I'll stay out of your air. Unless, you know, start fucking with one of the two people I care about who don't live in Five Points.
0: And who are they?
5: The last name is Margaret.
0: Oh, the police chief and her wife, of course. Yeah. What about the, um, there's another rather large family of markets, isn't there?
5: Victor smiles. Yeah, maybe don't fuck with them, too.
0: Do you know what you have in Five Points, Victor?
5: Neighborhood of people. One of the power centers for the
2: city.
0: Yes, that one. Do you know where it is? Do you know anything about it?
2: Victor shrugs,
5: trying. To indicate that he's not going to give it up, but he has no idea.
0: Rolled a mislead distractor trick.
5: That's a two. I can't succeed at anything today.
0: (laughs) We have so. Here's the thing. I don't believe that you know the first thing about it. But that is ultimately what I have been moving in on your territory about. And I apologize for not coming and talking to you first. My experience with Glass Baron was that they were an asshole. Sure. And I just make
5: assumptions. Well, it's not a wrong assumption. Listen, you want to try to come after my barony? That's fine. Pick a date. We can fight over it.
0: Why would I fight you? That's a waste of my time and effort.
5: Victor smiles. Because that's how you get a hold of the barony.
0: Look, I don't want a hold of the barony. I want a hold of the church and the barony. So if I redirect my focus just specifically on that church, I'll stop fucking with other people in your territory. I'll even put a feeding freeze on your territory. But I want free access to the church. And I'll extend that protection to all of the Margarets in the city.
5: Victor smiles. Yeah, that seems like a fair deal. Except... I'm not really here to make deals. I'm here to get you out of my territory.
0: Here is the thing, Victor. You can either take the deal, or I can tell Julian to go ahead and shove that knife into your back. And that's when you realize that in this entire conversation, Finn has been distracting you long enough that Julian has a silver knife pressed up against your lower back.
7: Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, tweet us at St. Fleur Pod and let us know your thoughts. Shadows of St. Fleur is an Urban Shadows actual play podcast in Seed by Landon Corbin. You can find him on Twitter at OccasionalJM. This episode was edited by Corian. She can be found on Twitter at PseudonymSocial. Additional editing and production for this episode was completed by Elliot. who can be found on Twitter at PodcasterElliot. Alistair is voiced and played by Elliot. You can find him on Twitter at PodcasterElliot. Alex is voiced and played by Jeremy. You can find him on Twitter at TayUFace. Silk is voiced and played by Eric. You can find him on Twitter at PrimeFactorX01. Victor is voiced and played by Evan. You can find him on Twitter at Nyquist And finally, Jeremiah is voiced and played by Allison. Urban Shadows is a Powered by the Apocalypse tabletop role-playing game written, designed, and developed by Andrew Medeiros and Mark Diaz-Truman. It is published by Magpie Games, who you can find at magpiegames.com or on Twitter at MagpieOfficial. Farewell, dear listener. We hope you enjoyed your visit to St. Fleur.